Hey, pass me the uh, popcorn over there, Huh? Oh, yeah. I think it's intentionally bad. <laughs> My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about grave robbers from outer space? Yes, we most certainly are, and a gracious good day to you, dear friends, and welcome to another in the seemingly endless parade of subtopical tomfoolery, lovingly known as Fusebox, and this is number 40 in our series, Fondling the Fringe. And please, friends, collect them all, because when you get all of the covers laid out end-to-end, They provide detailed instructions as to where to find the lost city of Atlantis, as well as the uh, wanting-to-be-lost city of Paramus, New Jersey. But thank you anyway for pushing play on this jaunty jalopy of a show. I'm Mark Rose, your host and caretaker for this aural excursion. And that, (laughs) over there, (laughs) wearing... Uh, the Residence Icky Flex t-shirt is the highly ebullient Milt Keynes, everybody. Present and accounted for. You know, I didn't peg you as a Residence fan at all. Well, I'm not really. But, uh, there was something compelling about this image of this guy in a tuxedo that has one enormous eye as a head with a top hat on, just sort of called out to me, you know? Yes, and as we know, carpet crawlers should heed their callers, right? What? <laughs> Peter Gabriel from the album A Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. So it's it's just purely a design thing for you then? Yeah, and, and maybe I like the word icky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that does scratch an itch, doesn't it? Well, uh, well, good on you. I, uh, I for one do like the residents and have had the uh, occasion to see them once or twice. And they truly are a treat. I, I have fond memories of their, um, exceptional rendition of, uh, I Left My Heart in San Francisco, where they recorded all the vocals at half speed. <laughs> so it really becomes a rather nightmarish experience and one not to be missed. On the now highly prized Ralph Records label, God only knows what album it was, I don't know, but... uh, Well, I for one will not want to avoid missing it. 
I saw what you did there. <laughs> and that, children, is how Uncle Milt performed previous show continuity and saved the world from the evil dwelms that live in your refrigerator lint. <laughs> yeah. Yes, a little previous show nod. Actually, a show or two back now. Now, we did last time on language and the fun that ensues when one attempts to actually speak it. So, on this edition of Fusebox, we have a, a more than healthy serving of ear food for you, dear friends. The continuation of an interview with Jason Loreno on the mysterious nature of all things hemp. Trista Perez joins the uh, merriment here with her first semi-regular installment of The Video Vixen, where uh, Ms. Perez will amuse, entertain, and just charm the daylights out of you with her review of Dirty Harry. Oh, man, I dig that movie. Yeah, yeah, indeed a classic in every respect. I might just have to watch that one again myself. I really, really liked it. There, there's just something about the rage in that thing. Yeah, the rage-filled rage of hateful rage-filled hate. Hey, did, uh, did she say she would review Nazi love camp of the SS? Uh, well, hasn't come up so to speak. But she uh, she does have quite a list of titles in her Video Vixen series, so who knows what may bubble up from the cinema sewer. Well, uh, I was watching another one uh, the other night that's a big fave, too. <laughs> oh, oh, dare, dare I inquire? Yeah, uh, sure, uh, Sex World. Okay, okay, I, I ha- actually happen to know that that's an actual film. One that I, too, have seen, and, and it's, uh... Yeah, it's a send-up of, uh, Westworld from the 1970s. That one was about the theme park filled with androids kind of thing, but this one, uh, really didn't go near that area. Well, they had some robot-like things at one point. I mean, uh, Yul Brenner wasn't anywhere near this thing. Nor were there any Stetsons harmed in the filming of that adult classic. Had one of those, uh, like, surprise endings, too, right? I seem to recall that, but uh, the memory is fading. Had almost a sitcom-like opening theme song. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them did that back in the day, right? I mean, that uh, Waka Waka soundtrack. Uh, well, it wasn't at every one of them, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, sounds like fun viewing experience there for ya. Oh, so did you break out the bell-bottoms and the, the hookah and do it upright? Thought about cracking open the champagne, though. Ooh, nice pull, that one. Somewhere in America. Little Jimmy Dozier sticks a fork in an electrical outlet. You have just been somewhere in America. Will Jimmy never learn 
You know what I mean? Jeez, some people just... So, a few weeks back, we did an interview, you might recall, with uh, Trista Perez. She of the Video Vixen blog. Trista does film reviews of the sort of fare that uh, we here at Fusebox love and adore. Well, most of us anyway. And we thought it would be just a dandy idea to bring Trista aboard to do some semi-regular reviews, a la Video Vixen style, to this here program. She said she'd be delighted. And we said... And thus it was came to pass our first installment of the Video Vixen with Trista Perez as she takes a glittery glance at Dirty Harry. Uh Uh-uh. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But Ian, this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Dirty Harry, 1979. Director, Don Siegel. Stars, Clint Eastwood, Andrew Robinson, and John Vernon. Bow down, mortals. You are in the presence of one of the great film icons, Dirty Harry Callahan. Every man wants to be him, and every woman wants to be with him. And if you know me well, you know I want to do both of those things. This movie set the bar high in the 70s for the action genre, and a slew of imitators were born in its wake. Don't settle for faking the funk. This is the real deal. Sniper Scorpio is stalking the streets of San Francisco, striking victims at random. Rogue cop inspector Harry Callahan is on the case and plans to catch his quarry by any means necessary. Dirty Harry knows Scorpio is a punk-ass bitch, killing by stealth because he doesn't have the balls to go one-on-one with anybody. Rather than sit back and let Scorpio escape justice because of a few stupid rules, Harry does whatever it takes to catch the criminal, even if it means giving up his badge. Can you say perfection? There is not one stylistic mistake to be found in this movie. Eastwood is the man, rugged, cynical, witty, and filled with righteous indignation at a flawed system that would allow known criminals to roam free. Andrew Robinson plays his role to the hilt. You will hate his cowardly yellow guts. John Vernon is in this for the love cheese. (laughs) Vernon is one of the demigods of cult moviedom. Better to see him in this five-star flick than in one of the many craptastic films he made during his career. If you are any kind of movie fan, you must see this one. No excuses. And you better do what she says, because I kind of think she'll kick your and, well, virtually everybody's ass if you don't. Great film. Always, always had a fondness for that one. Yeah, I mean, when he finally catches up with that nasty guy near the end, oh, man. Oh, yeah, we, well, you know, we don't want to spoil that for you in case uh, you're one who hasn't taken the plunge into Lake Harry Callahan. But seriously, uh, not, not to be missed. 
Oh, and, and Trista is also correct that uh, this one, this film, this started it, uh, what would become, you know, a trend in the gritty police dramas to follow. And, and uh, really, to be honest, never, never really stopped influencing them. So nice treatment there. Our uh, next installment from the Video Vixen will be a flyover of Earth Girls Are Easy. And we promise, not a speck of cereal. The show for everybody, but not everybody will like it. Right up, boy, Jimmy. That's the way to turn two. All right, boys, go hit the showers. I'll be there in a minute. Oh, hello. I'm Coach Pop McGraw. Sometimes I got to give my boys a pep talk to get the best out of them on the old ball diamond. And now I'm here to give you a pep talk to get the best out of you too. Baseball, well, it's been my whole life. And nothing pleases me more than helping young boys like you grow into good young men. And baseball, our national pastime, is how I do it. My boys learn to rely on each other, especially when the chips are down and we need to score that runner from second base or strike a batter out with the bases loaded or, or maybe even sock a homer in the bottom of the ninth to win the old ball game. Fusebox understands teamwork. They're winners. Why, they know that being a member of the team means helping your teammates to win the big game and that no matter what, they're always behind you 100%. We all want to be winners in the game of life, boys. And purchasing Fusebox merchandise shows that you're not only a winner, but a good teammate as well. Scientists have proven that Fusebox merchandise not only makes you run higher and jump faster, but it also increases self-confidence and improves your posture. Boys, I have it on good authority that President Eisenhower himself enjoys Fusebox merchandise. So be a winner, boys. Go to thefuseboxshow.com and buy Fusebox merchandise right now. It's a home run every time. Visit thefuseboxshow.com today. That's thefuseboxshow.com. Yes, dear friends, a, a gentle reminder to please... Visit the Fusebox store for all your high-quality ear food-related merchandise. And you know what? We even have a little uh, uh, Bluetooth speaker in there with... Uh, Superior sound quality. ...that makes the perfect Fusebox show total-long companion when uh, listening on the go, so to speak. Also, fabulous T-shirts and action wear for the whole frackin' family, if you know what I'm saying. That's a big 10-4. Hey, hey, uh, speaking of hemp, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, maybe we should do like a uh, fuse box bong. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, you know, you're getting as good with the segues as me. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting thought. Um, don't know that they uh, offer that implement yet in their customizable merchandise, but uh, you never know. Yes, speaking of... On our last program, we uh, started an interview with Jason Loreno, he of Noble Sprout Farms. 
a really bright guy who uh, grows cannabis for the local environment here. And uh, as many know, the uh, green leaf is legal in the state of Oregon for recreational use and has given rise to a bunch of industrial and uh, medicinal and downright wacky personal uses. So on the first interview, we, uh, we got to meet Jason and discover how he got into this field. And on this installment, we'll get a bit more into the politics and policies of this new adventure. On this... The Fusebox Interview. So what's it actually like to go into one of these uh, dispensaries that we're seeing cropping up like Starbucks every 15 feet? Well, right now, um, there's a lot of melding, you know? So, I mean, if you walk into one, and I only walked into my first one in October, but uh, they're, they're nice places. They're secure. There's some some verification of the individual before they get to... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Every, everybody has to provide identification. You know, I mean, there's a little apprehension the first time, you know? I mean, just because... You know, it's like, hey, I, I want a free TV. And then, you know, they leech you in. It's just like, no, you've got warrants. And so, you know, there's always a fear that it could be something like that. But, uh, you know, you overcome that, you know, you get your license back, you walk through the door, and then there's just a bunch of guys and gals who are really passionate about what they're doing. They're happy to work with you, show you, you know, if you're a newbie, they're looking mm-hmm. to walk you through. I mean, they want to educate people. Right. And, and they want to show that, they are responsible adults conducting responsible business. Right. And that's, that's a stereotype that uh, is going to be hard to overcome. Mm-hmm. Is there an implied liability to the dispensary? You know, my, uh, my partner in audio crime here, Jeff Pollard, and I were talking about this earlier. Um, I mean, what, what if someone goes, uh, you know, they get some high test variety of this substance and then heaven forfend is involved in some horrible accident or decides to run for Congress or whatever, is, is there a, a disclaimer or warning condition for the uh, dispensary side? Well, it is dispensed with a medical warning label. Okay. Um, so I imagine in this litigious society, I'm, it's only a matter of time before somebody tries to sue or before they, yeah. you know, the law is going to be evolving for quite some time dealing with this but uh i i would imagine now that the bulk of the responsibility would be put on the individual mm-hmm. you know i mean you can't go to the doctor and get a prescription for vicodin and then go tooling down the freeway just because the doctor said you could have the pills right so i imagine it would be the same but then again you know a, b- a bar gets sued if they overserve. so so it's it's something that's just going to have to be hashed out by the legislature yeah, over time yeah it's one of the other things that came up in a conversation last night that uh, I didn't know anything about, but I, I figured there would be, th- there must be some sort of, not labeling necessarily, but uh, some terminology based on the strength of a particular strain or whatever. And these two folks were telling me about... Delta 9 and the other two Ratio, and yeah, the it was CBD. like one, yeah. CBD was one, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the, the other thing. Can you talk a little bit about what, what those are and what that means? Well, base, basically THC is what would give you the psychedelic experience, whereas the CBD... CBD is more for the the body. That's what, you know, like uh, probably one of the most well-known strains that's CBD dominant would be uh, Charlotte's Web. And that was the strain that uh, Colorado growers came up with to basically come up with a CBD intensive 
strain that would allow children or people who suffered seizures and things of that matter to have a medicine that would control the seizures without having the psychedelic effects of the ah, THC. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. So okay. there is there is beyond hemp, there yes. is, you know, cannabis and marijuana that won't necessarily get you high, but still has medicinal qualities. Mm -hmm. And that seems to, and and a lot of that seems to be worked into some of these like topical. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Things. Yeah. Okay. So the when different a bombs and tinctures. Yeah. And, yes. Right. So when mm -hmm. a person goes into one of these places and they look at the the vast variety of stuff that's there, they'll get percentages of of or or some sort of chart. And, and that's what the labs are all designed to do to create an informed purchasing public. That's great. It is, it is great. And, you know, again, that's, that's something that's comparatively new. So there are going to be some bugs to get worked out. Yeah. But as things progress and we get more innovative people who are willing to stake their lives and fortunes on mm -hmm. this new industry, then we're going to see a lot of interesting things. Yeah, there's going to be, there's going to be lots of development. <laughs> there's no, there's... Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm astounded with some of the things that are, you know, some of the technologies that have already been developed. I mean, like our farm ourselves, we're looking to break with tradition and uh, go full LED as opposed to the uh, high intensity discharge lights, oh. uh, high pressure sodium and even metal halide that have been industry standards for decades. I've run a test with, uh, there's, one, there's one company in particular that we're going to be using and they're the only ones that I found that really live up to their claims. But uh, yeah, the, the future of LED as far as uh, not having to dispose of you know, mercury lamps in landfills. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, those those HPS bulbs, you've got to change them every six to 12 months to, you know, maintain your proper light. And uh, that's a lot of bulbs. Now, these plants require light continuously or is it is, is it controlled in some way? Or Well, basically what you're doing when you're growing indoors, you are just cutting out a couple of seasons. When cannabis plants are growing, it's the spring, there are nice long days, they get all their vegetative growth, they grow their leaves, they get all bushy or tall or whatever. When the days get shorter, they go into their flowering period, and that's when they create their buds or, you know, the males pollinate the females, mm -hmm. you get your seeds and whatnot. So basically you start with an 18 to 24 hour a day light cycle replicating spring, and then when you want to induce flowering, you drop that down to 12 and 12 and induce fall. So you're basically just cutting out parts of summer and winter. Interesting, I see. And you guys aren't really officially on online yet, as far as the web is concerned. Your no, site no, is no. Not in fact, <laughs> it, we just got approved uh, for our building site right. out in Boring. So we're, we're still very early in the application process. Actually, what I've been working on all week is uh, typing out our, our grow plan and it's one thing to have it built in my head, but now yes. I'm, I'm trying to explain it to OLCC as if they know absolutely nothing about growing pot. And at the same time, I'm trying to avoid sounding condescending. Now, this is an interesting so. <laughs> thing to, to many of the people listening to this show. This is a, a unique phenomenon that Oregon has. The OLCC is the Oregon Liquor Control Commission. All uh, liquor is is uh, relegated to a central location. You can't buy it, at, at, you know, at a freestanding liquor store or anything like that. They, there are freestanding liquor stores, but they're run by the by the government, the, the state government. So this gets run through those guys too now. And honestly, I don't have anything bad to say about OLCC at this point. They have really gone over and above trying to 
work with the community because they will be the first ones to acknowledge that <laughs> they have been put in charge of regulating a business they don't understand yet. No, nobody does really. So it's, they're, it, it's really important for you know the community to establish a good, trustworthy relationship with the government now because we do need each other, and you know, actually, we'll. The growing community will probably be giving the government more because the government still doesn't offer us any protection from the federal government. That's the other question so I they, had. So they get all the money and don't have to worry about fighting Big Brother. Because you see, there's still this kind of battle going on at, at the federal level. Like, there are some hotheads out there that are, we well, don't care what the state says, it's illegal and we're going to, you know, whatever. Trump there, has promised to ramp the drug war back up. Right. So, right. yeah. Yeah, so this is crazy, you know, and... Um, it always has been. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I just read an article this morning that was talking about uh, what legalization is doing to the cartels, and Ooh. they're actually looking to get out of it um, wow. to a certain degree. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they'll still be doing it, but they just can't compete with the quality, and the price just isn't yeah. making it worthwhile. Has, yeah. So how much, how much down has this price come? I mean... It, it varies depending on quality and circumstance, people that you're, you're dealing with. I mean... Uh, I've heard as recently as yesterday of pounds going for $3,200, which I thought was unheard of in this day and age. And I've heard it all the way down to 1500 Wow. So there is a lot of fluctuation. Yeah. But these are all the growing pains that yeah. a legitimate business is going to have to, you know, I mean, I've, I've said for years, if this goes legal, pot should cost about as much as cucumbers. You know, I can't say being in the business that I necessarily embrace that, but I, I see that as true. I mean, it's, it's the black market that has elevated the price. Mm hmm Mm -hmm. You know, it's not what goes into creating the crop. What about the derivatives of this stuff? Like, uh, you know, the hash and the, and all of that kind of stuff. Do you see any of that formulating? What's the uh, processors doing that? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's going to be all of your, your waxes, your shatters, your BHO, your, uh, your hash. If there is, you Such know, a, a hash thing? market. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, and that's another thing I can see being a, a bigger thing in the future. I mean, uh, a lot of people are gravitating toward the oils and the mm -hmm. the uh the waxes and everything now and you know if if we do end up with one of those big companies you know producing everything i can sadly just see acres being put through processing equipment just to simply get the extract of a drug yeah. and you know that's that's the kind of thing that anybody who really cares about this you know just doesn't want any part of and, I mean, and i'm sure there'll always be a room though for uh for i certainly artisan, hope so like i said and yeah. in, in oregon especially i think uh i think oregon takes pride in Doing things a little better and doing doing things their own way. And on that vaporized note, we will uh, call it a show and take our leave. Scuttling away like roaches in the night. Special thanks for the vocal gymnastics of Aaron Lane. And a heaping bowlful of ear food thanks to Jason Loreno for uh, his time and indulgence for that interview, which uh, will conclude on the next program. Thanks also to Sabra May for her dulcet tones heard on this edition of the show. And also a big welcome aboard to Trista Perez, also known as the video vixen for her contribution to Fusebox, as we eagerly await her next installment. A special uniform delivery package of gratitude to the always impeccable Jeff Pollard for vocal contributions. And as always, technical gratitude to the seemingly upright Milt Keynes at the controls over there. I've got a hankering to watch a classic now. Uh, wait, 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 let me guess. Uh, Mondo Topless? Oh, man. Forgot about that one. Uh, uh no, I, 
I was thinking maybe uh, eight and a half. Really? Fellini? Uh, no. A Stunge Bartholomew. Takes place in an abandoned meatpacking plant? Yeah, no. No, no, I don't even, don't even want to know about it. I think it was shot on Super 13 millimeter. Oh, yeah, okay. So, uh, dear friends, thank you so much for pushing play on this edition of Fusebox. I have been your cradle-to-the-grave host, Mark Rose. And until our next cartoon. Many scientists believe that another world is watching us this moment. We once laughed at the horseless carriage, the aeroplane, the telephone, the electric light, vitamins, radio, and even television. And now some of us laugh at outer space. God help us in the future. And that, children, is how Uncle Eddie Wood saved us all from the horrible grave robbers from outer space. And their evil Plan 9. UFOs? Well, I don't know if there are UFOs, Milo, but as Criswell says, God help us in the future. All right. Well, let, let's just pick all this stuff up in the AM, okay? Because I am seriously crashing myself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so you say you saw what I did there? <laughs> crashing UFO? Okay. All right. <laughs> right. Nighty-night, kids. What the hell is that now? What's that racket? <laughs> Hey! What the hell? What's going on? Earthquake? Is it an earthquake? What the hell? Who's at the door at, at, at this hour? Uh-oh. What's, what's with the glow around that door? Whoa! Look out, guys! I think it's gonna blow! Greetings, Earthoid. Yay! <laughs>